Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of Ayers on the Road. I'm Richard Ayer and this is Linda and thank you so much for joining us today. We are having so much fun. If you've been listening the last few weeks, you know that we're in Hawaii and uh, enjoying the gorgeous oh, you weather, it, the you, roosters, everything. You make it sound so good, Linda. We're actually here working. We're really working hard. You know, this is one place where we can work for hours and be uninterrupted and actually do some writing and produce some things. <laughs> well, speak for yourself. Oh, well, I I've think we're having like a little crazy fun. And you keep thinking about what can we do this fun next? Which we're going is on a bamboo hike in a few lives. minutes. Yeah. Have you ever been in a really large grove of mature bamboo? It is like one of the most magical places in the world. You can you feel like there's more oxygen there. You can, oh, it's it's clattering in the wind and you're looking up and there's this green sort of atmosphere around you and sort of a vibrancy and oh my goodness, it's wonderful. And that's where we're going today. Just so eat your heart out, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, we thought we discovered this. We thought our kids discovered this like 20 years ago. And now it is so. The rest of the world has discovered <laughs> it. It's so overrun with tourists. <laughs> we may not, not go very far. Anymore. It is not. But <laughs> so, anyway, we're glad to be with you today. Um, it's going to be a fun uh, thirty minutes. It really is. You know, we've, we're trying to do several different things on ours on the road, as you long long term listeners know. Um, we're doing something we're really excited about. It's going to become a book in the future called Three Letter Lessons little three-letter words that you can use as a word peg that really you can attach some great attitudes and paradigms and ways of thinking to. And we're going to, we do that every, every other week or so. And then at the first week of every month, as you know, we talk about a new way to approach your gratitude journal, or a new way to approach our gratitude journal, a different slant on gratitude, a different way of giving thanks and feeling grateful for that month. That's what we did last week. And this month of February is gratitude as love, gratitude seen as loving things, not just being thankful for them, but loving them. We love that podcast. It's helping It's helping us a lot this week. So you're invited to go back and, and hear that for the month of February if you missed last week. But this week, we're getting back to the sort of third ongoing theme that we have, which is grandparenting. And it's not just for grandparents, because there are a lot of you who are parents and or, or you are, who are grandchildren even, who are interested in this subject, this fascinating subject of the relationship between the first and third generation, the relationship between a grandparent and a grandchild. And if you're a parent in between there, you're interested in how your parents are relating to your children. So we think it's relevant to everyone. And today we're going to dwell on something that's incredibly important. And this is an article that Linda wrote that I just love. We're going to read you little parts of it, but mainly we're going to talk about, da -da -da -da, I'll give you a drum roll. Uh, leaving a legacy. Um, and before we start, I have to say that I have been doing family history here. 
and I've been working on my grandparents, just my immediate grandparents. And it is so fascinating. Um, I'm doing this because I'm sending in a, an article every week in a little thing called StoryWorth, which is great. As some of you. Well, you're doing that because you're really writing your, your history. And- but it really is fascinating to think about our grandparents and how different their, our relationship with them was than we have with our grandchildren, and it's different in every case. Everything's different, isn't it? In this new world, we many of us will be grandparents for 40 years or more. It's, a, it's an incredibly important part of life. And whether you're a grandchild, a parent, or a grandparent, we should be so interested in maximizing these intergenerational relationships. Right. But before we launch into our own grandparenting, I I would like to challenge you to think about your own grandparents and see what you think. I mean, my parents married later in life. So two of my grandparents had passed away before I was born. Um, one was died in the Spanish influenza, my grandmother, my mother's mother. And the story of her life is so fascinating. And another grandfather just died of what they called uremia. He just uh, died of a stroke. So well, and what you're doing, Linda, as I watch our children's reaction to your stories about your grandparents who are their great-grandparents and our grandchildren's great-great-grandparents, I'm amazed at how interested they are in the details that you're finding. And and I, I think it's cool to think of ourselves as a trunk of a tree that connects our branches and our roots, don't you? Right, I Where do. The, you, whoever you are, whatever your age or situation is, you are and will continue to be even more so as, as time goes by. You're the trunk. And what you know about your ancestors and the love you feel for them and the gratitude you feel to them, you can pass through you as a trunk to the branches of your children and your grandchildren and create this linkage, which is powerful. It forms identity. Well, as I've been reading these life stories, it's just been astonishing. I've seen my kids in my grandparents. I've seen myself in my grandparents. You yeah, know, the thing. It's yeah. just been Sometimes so disturbingly interesting. So. Yes, right. <laughs> um, but uh, the two grandparents that I did have, I just didn't know very well. And the more I read about them, the more I'm just astonished at what they accomplished in their lives and that I didn't ever know a lot of this stuff. And it gives you grit. I mean, realizing what our ancestors did and particularly our grandparents makes some of our challenge today seem manageable. Oh, absolutely. They went through such hard times. I mean, physically on farms, both of our, my families were farmers and what they went through just to produce enough food to take care of their children. And they had a lot of children because they needed their help on the farm and they did do a great job. My mother was the greatest. She can milk 25 cows. She could beat any man. (laughs) And so could my grandmother. I'm (laughs) learning that you get, for any of this toughness our kids have, you get most of the credit. You know, my my grandpa was just an old railroad engineer, but he, he did pretty well. He drove the largest steam engine ever built called the Big Boy. And it's it's fun to get to know these stories and then pass them on. But today we want to talk about you as a grandparent, either now or in the future. Or if you're a parent, we want to talk about your parents and how they are as grandparents. And, and this whole idea that you introduced, Linda, of legacy 
And, and we're going to read you a little from this beautiful article of Linda's and then kind of commentate on it. Um, let me just start out by saying I, I think this is so true. No one can fully describe the exhilaration of holding that first grandbaby in your arms. The baby of your baby, fresh and new to this world. Oh, there is absolutely nothing like it. There lies joy and rapture, anticipation and wonder, along with some worry about what the future will hold for that precious bundle. But the inevitable ups and downs ahead of all ahead are all wrapped up into a beautiful sphere of adventure for grandparents called the joy of leaving a legacy. Yeah, and even if you're not a grandparent yet, anticipate this with us a little. And of course, you begin leaving your legacy with your own children. That is the only lasting legacy. I mean, you know, you may, if you're famous and you get a bridge named after you or whatever, that will not be your legacy. Your legacy will be your children and, and what you pass on or within your family. We, we know aunts and uncles that don't have children who are leaving the same kind of legacy by, by being a bulwark and a support to their children. So let's go on. It is said that parenting is an investment and grandparenting is, is the return on the investment. I love that. <laughs> How much time and thought and effort we invest in grandparenting can eventually produce substantial returns. And we're here to testify of that. I mean, that's, that's the delight of our lives right now is these returns of the investment in grandparenting. And uh, we realize we're worried about some of our investments. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. not all. Some of the investments are, are maybe not doing so well. Maybe maybe we don't start out thinking about leaving a legacy to these beautiful people. No, not at people. all. Never these, occurred to these me. These little people who bring so much light in our lives. But as the years go by, we realize that the legacy we leave with our children and grandchildren won't be a bronze plaque dedicated in our honor. What we leave will be invisible. It will be a monument of understanding and integrity and courage and unconditional love inside their minds and hearts that will stand forever. Now, again, none of us are perfect. Some of you don't, there, there's no, we, we, we wanna outlaw guilt on this and all podcasts. We're all doing the best we can. So none of us are as good a grandparents or parents as we could be and should be. But the important thing is that we're thinking about it and working toward it. Um, most of us are going to be grandparents much longer than we were mothers or fathers with children in our homes. Think about that. Wow. Hover over your life as a grandparent for a moment. Look down from above like a drone and survey these questions as you see yourself with your grandchildren. So if you are a grandparent, think through these questions with us a little bit. Um, we'll alternate reading them or asking them, how do I maximize my time with my grandchildren? How do I know what they love? How do they know what I love? Am I teaching them about our personal family narrative stories of their ancestors and where they came from and what blood runs in their veins? Do I spend quality time with each of them or send messages of love and support if they live far away? When they are in my home, am I asking them questions about important things or am I just tending them? 
what will they remember about me? Hmm. And am I remembering to have fun with them? What legacy do I want to leave that will help light the path ahead of them in this jarring but joyful world? And how do I make each of them feel like he or she is my favorite? <laughs> now, yeah. as we read that list, Linda, what, what jumped out at you? What are, the, what are the real keys or important things on that list? Well, you know, I've been thinking that um, I need to write a note to one of our grandchildren here who always, always needs attention, apparently. I haven't noticed that so much, but... Her mom and other grandma were thinking that. And I thought, you know, I should just send her a little note. She is struggling a little bit with dyslexia and has some issues, but she's a fabulous child. And I have never really told her how amazing she is. She's a businesswoman. She's the one that had her egg business. And, and yeah, she's the one that gets old. everybody organized when we're together. And I, I, I haven't told her that. I need to tell her that. Well, see that very kind of thinking, Linda, where you're focused on one child and what she needs. I mean, is it, sometimes it's easy. And this is the case with this little girl that we're talking about right now. She's so delightful. We're so proud of her. We, we, just, we just sort of revel in being with her. And we don't, we don't really look for what her needs are. And we don't ask other people like, like her parents. What does she need? What can I do to support this little girl better? And so on. It, it's sort of like, you know, grandparenting is just a matter of loving sometimes. That's the purest way to think of it, just how much we love them. But there's also some real deliberate effort that goes into trying to understand who they are and what they need. Each one is an individual. It's not grandparenting. Is some, it's not something you do collectively in a group. It's something you do individually, one-on-one -on -one, by thinking about each child, Right. Right. And, you know, the problem is for us that we have 34 of them yeah. to keep track of. It's a full-time job. But we had lunch yesterday with a family. The, the mom, one of the moms had 11 children in her family, 10 siblings, and the other mom had That was amazing. That was amazing. Those kind of families siblings. don't exist anymore. It's amazing. And then their grandchildren were like 50. I mean, there, there are those people. We are not going to make it. We're not, honey, we're not going to make it. No, 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 we're not. We're, we're not. not. But let's, we've got to take a little break, Linda. But when we come back, let's look a little deeper into some of those questions we just asked and maybe offer some little suggestions or some ideas that'll help you be the best and the most joyful grandparent you can be. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back talking about grandparenting today. We are happy if you joined us. It's made us think about a lot of things. Um, and we hope that we've stimulated some thought in your mind. But we want to go on by giving you some additional ideas. We, we wish this was a two-way conversation because we sure we have we are sure you have a lot of great ideas that you let, can let us share. summarize a little more by by going through a little summary of the rest of this article, and then we'll come back to some of those questions. Um, so we ended by talking about, you know, can you convince that the child is she's your favorite? <laughs> can they all one. be your favorites? Your favorite one. Can they all do that? Uh, each is unique and has gifts and, and, and problems. Some are dreamy and artistic and some are balls of fire. Some are quiet and reflective. 
the legacy we leave will be a different with each one. And if you have several grandchildren, like we do, does does each one dilute our love? You know, people have asked us that. How do you love that many children? How do you love that many grandchildren? Well, Anne Morrow Lindbergh, one of our favorite authors. Oh, a wonderful author. Gift from the Sea. If you haven't read it, you need to read it. And if you have, you should read it again. And so here's her quote on, on that question. Only love can be divided endlessly and still not be diminished. Isn't that interesting? Love, And in fact, I'd go even further, Linda. Lo- love can be divided endlessly and not only not be diminished as it's divided, actually grow. Augmented, yeah. Augmented. That's true. Nothing is more exciting than welcoming each new little soul into a growing family. The learning curve for leaving a legacy as grandparents is kind of slow and thoughtful, unlike the heat of the refiner's fire that we felt as young parents. We're wiser, and even though we're a bit wrinkled up, (laughs) quite a bit, actually, we can make a difference and we can shine in the lives of our grandchildren. (laughs) What was that one thing that one of the grandkids said about when your wrinkles come out? What was Oh, yeah, that was a great one. How do you, How do you know when you're old and you just look like, well, when your wrinkles come in? <laughs> yeah, they were looking right at me. <laughs> um, so the best part is that we can send our grandkids home <laughs> when we're tired. That's the difference. Well, maybe the best part is that now our parents know the trouble they put us through. Right. So there's a lot of that. But, you know, we're just no longer responsible for the nitty gritty of the everyday stuff that we that we just killed ourselves over when we had kids at home. You're right. The everyday discipline and character building of these children, that's the stewardship of, of the parents. But the secret is that we're still able to teach them the values we hold dear. They may not snatch it right up and say thanks, but they'll remember more than we realize if we make deliberate efforts to teach them through telling stories, through other means about what is meaningful and magical in life. And looking to the far distant future, our example of love and caring will almost surely make them better parents and grandparents as they as their lives unfold. Yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, in some ways, I think that we have to remember that a lot of grandparents have been taking care of their grandchildren yeah, full time, full time. Yeah, being parents and grandparents, especially during COVID. And then, well, except that the parents have been home, but now that they're going back, it is so important to remember those people because that is a huge job. I, we want to just re- remember those of you who've done that and congratulate yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. But mostly we want to leave a legacy of unconditional love. We can love them with abandon, even when their parents may not like them very much at the moment. As the clever Irma Bombeck said, I loved Irma (laughs) Bombeck. Oh, my gosh. She was awesome. A grandparent loves you from when you are a bald baby until you are a bald father and all the hair in between. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? (laughs) So the love we give our grandchildren often has a substantial return that is filled with delight. Our daughter, Sadie transcribed this message to Linda not long ago, straight from the mouth of her three-year-old who was too young to write. This is little Emmeline who was three. And she said, and her mom wrote it down. Dear Grammy, I like your face. 
I like your cheeks. I like to kiss and cuddle them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I share that with you, Emmeline. We got the same thing. Yeah, no, we're the ones that are doing that. You know, each situation is so different when it comes to nurturing grandchildren, but no matter what your circumstances are, we we can really make a difference in lives of our grandchildren, whether we live next door or halfway around the world. We can be deliberate in teaching them the joys of life that will be woven into the fiber of their little souls long after we are gone. So we want to be as practical as we can in the last few minutes today and just offer any thoughts or ideas. I mean, I Again, Linda's the natural grandparent. I'm I'm sort of the one that has to think about it oh, a lot that's and not try true. to figure it out. That's not true. No, it really Dear, is. Do but- you know what everyone, every grandchild, when I open the door of their home to go in for the first time, I open the door and they look at me and say, where's grandfather? <laughs> well, that's just probably because I juggle for him or do some crazy you the, thing. You are but, the great game. But you're the one that really gets it. And I... I think what you do so well, Linda, is they, they feel your individual interest in them. I mean, you know, one thing we've done recently, and you're, you get all the credit for this, Linda has a little list of things she asks the grandkids when she goes on a well, Grammy date with them. These Grammy dates that. are great. Well, but, but what I wanted to say is we've taken that list of yours. It's about 10 questions about them, you know, their interests and their feelings and so on. And we put it in the form of a questionnaire and we send it out to all of our grandkids. And we, I've got to be honest, we offered a little bribe if they got it done by Valentine's day. And so far we're getting most of them in now and they're writing the things in there. And some of them are pretty deep questions like, how often do you think about Jesus in the day-to-day? I mean, there's some pretty probing questions that require a little thought. And we're getting them back, and we're put, they're on a spreadsheet. They come in on a Google spreadsheet, and we, we can read through them and think about them. Don't you think that's kind of where it all starts, Linda, is, is deep personal interest in each child, not just in what they're doing, but in what they're feeling? Yeah, absolutely. And it is so fun. I am just doing my last Grammy date on Hawaii. I've done all the kids now, but the last one I'm picking up today, his name is Ezra. And I'm picking <laughs> him up at the school, at the school. And honestly, he, he is the cutest thing. So I learned from one of my grandchildren. He just, just got this, baptized. Just record this. <laughs> and oh, and on your so phone. you want. So yeah. I'm going to record this because I can't reconstruct the way he thinks about things. He has the most amazing mind. He just turned eight. He just got baptized, which is a big deal in our church. Um, and it is so fun. They they go in and are baptized by immersion. So everything goes under. So I got to give the talk at his little <laughs> baptism about baptism. And I said, we were talking about witnesses. And I said, we these witnesses are going to stand there and make sure everything goes under. And Every little hair, every hair and every toe has got to go under. And he said, well, he, he was with me up at the microphone. And I just said, how do you think about it? He said, well, if a piece of hair comes up, you know, you could just cut it off. (laughs) The way he thinks, He he also said to me afterwards, grandfather, wouldn't it be interesting if everyone was baptized in the same water in the same font? And 
the sins were just getting washed off and there were more and more of them in there. And that water just was so full of <laughs> sin. He said, do you think it'd just get heavy and like just sink through the bottom of the, <laughs> I mean, kids are so intriguing. Oh, minds are so wonderful. You just, you cannot imagine what they're thinking. And so I'm going to capture that today, but it is so fun to find out what they're thinking and ask questions. So again, back to this question list, do I spend quality time with each of them? Do I send messages of support and love? Am I teaching them this family narrative, the stories about their ancestors that I know and that they don't know, you know? And then you do so well on this one, Linda. Linda, I remember distinctly way back when we were kind of just getting started as grandparents, you said one day to me, you know, I want to be sure my grandchildren know what I love. They want to, I want them to not just know me as a nice Grammy who comes over and brings them a cookie or something. I want them to, to know what I love. And you have done such a great job with that. When Linda has Grammy camps with these kids, she tells them about the, the classical music she likes. She shows oh, no, no, them no. The, the, the art that she likes. They, they know you. And by what I'm saying is that's not a selfish thing. By knowing you as their grandmother, they come to know themselves better. Yeah, they do. And then we have something in common because uh, someone gave me this idea several years ago. And don't think, I mean, our grandma camps are getting shorter and shorter because there's so many kids. Yeah. Um, but uh, a month before Grammy Camp, I sent them um, eight pieces of beautiful classical music that I love and uh, four pieces of art that I love. And then we have a little quiz at Grammy Camp and they get rewards for knowing the music. And it is so, the music and the art, it is so amazing that they, they're, before Grammy Camp, they're all clustered in corners, listening to the music and what, who is that and who is it? Because they get points for who wrote it and, uh, the name of it and so on. Right. But it is so fun to have them do that. And that I know that that is a really rare thing to be able to do that with, with grandchildren, well, but it is so fun. You, you have to make it work for you. And I try to have them, we, you know, we've talked a little before. Some of you may remember on other episodes about grandfather's secrets. I have these secrets. I want them to memorize that I think will guide their lives Bottom line, Linda, we have, we you know we're into this, and we don't we don't expect every grandparent to you know. Linda's written this wonderful book called Grandmothering, and I I wrote a much shorter book called <laughs> Being a Proactive Grandfather. We're into this, and and that doesn't mean that that everyone is or needs to be, but we do want to share with you not only our takes and our ideas on grandparenting, but also. Um, you know, the things we've learned from other grandparents. We're speaking more and more to grandparents groups, and we learn a lot from them. And so we do want to end the, the uh, podcast today by, by, by bringing you into that fold if you want to be there. We are now starting to do some Zoom seminars on grandparenting, and uh, we're taking, we're, we're forming a list of people we want to invite and that we want to have attend these um, Zoom meetings, interactive, on becoming a better grandparent, on making the most of this fabulous role of grandparenting. And so I'm going to give you an email 
And if you'll respond, just just a simple one line saying, I'm interested in being on the on the grandparent seminar list. That's all you need to do. And so here's the email. Um, Ayers Grandparenting 101 at gmail.com. I mean, it's long, but it's probably pretty easy to remember. Ayers, just E-Y-R-E-S. Yeah, be sure it's E-Y-R-E-S. E-Y-R-E-S. And then grandparenting101 at gmail.com. We, we named it that because, you know, it's a basic course. We're trying to teach and participate in this seminar where we're talking about the basics of becoming a good grandparent. It takes years to become a good grandparent. We're not there yet. No one's perfect. No one's doing all they can. But by talking more about it, you know, grandparenting is kind of where parenting was 50 years ago. People just didn't used to talk about parenting. Now it's a science. I mean, there's so many things on it. That's what's going to happen with grandparenting. So while you're thinking about it, Send an email to irsgrandparenting101 gmail.com. We'll put you on that list and we'll inform you when these Zoom seminars will take place. And we can do what we wished we could do at the first is that interact with you. And yes. We would love that. So yes. give it a try and we hope to see you soon. Uh, thanks for joining us and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. See you then. Bye.